Fabrique Belgique. Get out you noisy little kid. Look out, Margate, and look up your daughters, eh? <laughs> Good evening, Peckham, and welcome back to the Jolly Boys podcast. How are we doing, guys? Watch your sons. Doing all right, thank you. Good to be back again. Absolutely, but we're one man down. Where's James? He is otherwise engaged. He is somewhat missed, though, isn't he? He yeah. is missed. There's a big hole in our room. I heard he was in a lineup somewhere <laughs> for some hooky microwave. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, sometimes it is just two or three of us, but that's okay. Plenty of voices uh, to. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can tell. We'll play it back. The, the slower you start talking, the more and more I lose faith in what you're going to say. So yeah, James will be missed, but I think we'll still have a good time. We don't do these podcasts as often as we like, but life is no. such, you know, we can only do them as and when now. Yeah, we wouldn't dare do a special without uh, the full team in place. So yeah. um, we're doing the Yellow Peril today. Which yes. Is, That's right, uh, yeah, the Yellow Peril. We're getting it through the Series 2 um, eventually, aren't we? So, uh, so what? Um, what are your initial thoughts on Yellow Peril? Where does it stand as an episode in series two? Is it one of your preferred episodes, or when did you last watch it? A long time ago, but I can tell you pretty much every mm. thing that happens yeah. in it, as like most Ofa fans. Do. Yeah. But yeah, it's a long time ago. But yeah, in series two, this is probably the best one for me. I think yeah. I think I've seen this episode about eight times in two weeks because it is on Netflix. All right, and yeah. when you binge watch on Netflix, there's only three or four series on Netflix plus the specials. Mm. So I've watched them all to death. So I should be pretty cleared up on this one, but yeah. I, I probably won't be. But I can, I can only try. What have we got coming up on today's show then? Well, we haven't got any guests today. No, it's an organic show today. It's just how it used to be mostly. Although we are, I'm used to having someone calling in, but that's fine. I don't mind just, you know, waffling away about a particular episode. I'll tell you what, so why don't we kick off with a synopsis from um, Jolly Boy Ed. Yeah, sure. So, I'm sure everybody listening to this already know the Yellow Peril. Uh, but if you need us to jog your memory, here's the official synopsis. So, Dale gets Rodney and Grandad a job redecorating the local Chinese restaurant using some paint bought from Trigger. While the Trotter duo are busy earning a crust, Dale keeps himself busy and out of the kitchen on a sp secret project. But the effect is even more dazzling than Dell imagined. Let's get into it. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but something special is gonna happen today on this episode right here, a bit later on now. What's that, Bailey? <laughs> Instead of people calling us and us quizzing them, we've asked our listeners on Twitter and Facebook to write down questions for us to try and answer. Nice. And we'll give them a shout out and let them know who's given what question. And we've not looked at them beforehand, so they're going to be completely new when we read them out and we're going to see how Put well we spot. do. Yeah. I've got a feeling there are some people out there who want to see us suffer. I reckon there's going to be some really <laughs> difficult questions amongst the lot. Because yeah. bloody miss. We'll, so, yeah. be, we'll be honest as we can. With, we, we, we have, like Bailey said, we have not previewed the questions. And I will not edit this podcast look like we didn't take too long to answer them no but thank nice. you thank you everyone who submitted your questions and we look forward to to reading them also um i put out a tweet on the trigger account to with a snapshot of who we well ed who you might have thought of was albert Stepto. and so far most people don't believe it is albert well, Stepto. i was just putting it out there but the yeah 
Because I reckon that guy is quite tall, and Albert Stepto, the actor, is quite short and short and Yeah, we'll leave it to you guys mm. inside, the listeners. I don't know what, well, what, some have. what second <laughs> it is on the intro, but there's a guy who looks an awful lot like him. But go, going back to a previous episode, yeah. we did shout yeah. out to find out how many of you lot was lucky enough to get David Jason meet and greet tickets, and we haven't actually mm. heard back from anybody yet. Mm. So if you were lucky enough to get a ticket, we'd love to know which one you went for. Mm. And it's coming up, isn't it? 28th and 29th. Yeah, I keep getting uh, Twitter highlights for, for the event. So yeah, it is very, very soon. I've long since been accustomed to the fact that I won't get to meet um, a hero, but that's fine because many tens of thousands are in the same boat who tried to get tickets. So, yeah. Like know. I said on the last episode, I'd rather meet David Jason by accident yeah, and, and it, so it's not staged, and he's being nice because you've paid lots of money for him to be nice. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit more natural, you know. I, I'd prefer it that way than to, to, you know. I know what you're saying. I think there's no question in my mind that though, if you uh, were one of the lucky people to forked out hundreds of pounds to and got a ticket, hmm. you're still going to love it, aren't you? Oh yeah, I mean, if it was a present, like a birthday present or Christmas present, then I'll be over the moon. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay. But um, should we crack on with it? I'd like to dedicate this episode to a lady called Cheryl Cordwell, who sent us the most amazing message to our Facebook about a, a couple of weeks ago. It saying, was lovely. Saying how much she enjoyed our podcast. It was a really lovely message. It was quite long. I won't bore you with everything that is said, but it was a really lovely, heartfelt message. So this episode is for you, Cheryl. That's fair. Very nice for, for, to have some feedback still. So thank you very much. Right, the yellow peril, let's go into it. The opening scene is the outside of the Chinese, the Golden Lotus. Is, I was thinking, is this their regular Chinese they would order from? The, the trotters are known for to order a takeaway. Because yeah. there is a takeaway, another takeaway scene, isn't there? In yes. Whichever episode, but it, it's, I don't think it's the same restaurant. Where, you, is no, it Video Nasty? Yeah. It's video nasty. Um, yes, that's right. I don't know how I, my uh, your, your Rain Man, my Rain Man mindset was like, yeah, because is that when they see Boise and they say Boise. seedless? Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, obviously that 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 scene from Video Nasty is in a studio, presumably ninety percent mm. shot in a studio, whereas this is all on location, and you can see it when Delboy walks into the the restaurant that is still a location yeah. when he's in there. Yeah. There's also one uh, Danger UXD, isn't there, when Denzel's waiting for his order and he sees on the TV about the inflatable dolls on the news. Yes. Ah, that's the yeah. episode I was thinking of. Ah, right, no. Well, there's one, um, yeah, where, the, where Boise and Marlene walk in, they just been to the doctors. Yeah, that's video nasty. Which is, which is one where the uh, proprietor says, oh, they normally pay, that's... first of all, before they run. Yeah, that's Danger UXD. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, okay. But this, you know, you're saying like, this is obviously this is an external shot. Yep. So we've we've opened up with you know the van part right outside the Golden Lotus, and when Della Rodney and Al, uh, sorry, but Grandad walk in, I remember watching this episode with you guys a while ago, and we commented on that the fact that the 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 camera that is set up inside the Chinese, yeah, that I think we figured that was a studio shot because looking outside it looked like a clear clearly like a set. Mm. I'll play it in a minute. We'll have, and a, you guys will have a little see. One, Let's have a butchers. One funny thing to point out is Dow is always mispronouncing the name of the restaurant. He's always calling it the Golden Locust. Yeah. When it's called the Golden Lotus. And I think subsequently France might 
remember it or recall it as locust, even the hardcore, because sometimes I go, yes, yeah, the golden locust. I'm pretty sure I did that as a quiz question last year, and I think one of you said the golden locust. Probably. And you can understand why you got you didn't get the question right. I wouldn't be surprised um, that was me, yeah. Kind of thing I'd get wrong. Do you take a Barclay card? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Dell has just finished this negotiating um, of business with Mr. Chin. Uh, and there's a quote I really love here where um, it's not a quote as such, well, it is a quote, it's not like a one liner. But Mr. Chin says, Do you, do you accept check? And Del says, Do you? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's just shady Del. It's quite, yeah. quite a controversial scene, really, because. Do you? Is Del ripping him off because of his race and his colour and thinks he's going to be an easy target because he doesn't speak English very well? Or is it a genuine dodgy Del boy deal, regardless of the. Ethnicity of the of the character. What do you think? You're getting woke on us, Bailey. No, I'm not getting woke. I, I'm just it's a genuine I was, question. No, I would say, yeah. but uh, Dell has proven to stitch up. Yeah, anyone. any color, any colors, any race, any religion. Up, yeah. He stitched up Rodney. He stitched up Boise. Yeah. He don't. He don't care. Does it? Anybody. Anyone's a target. Like, <laughs> like in this day and age, I think a young, a younger viewer who's been brought up in this time, where there's lots of. Lots to be said about comedies from yesteryear. Yeah. They would probably say, well, that looks a bit dodgy, but it's it's clearly not. Yeah, I wonder what John Sullivan had in mind when he wrote the character, how, mm. you know, the approach of, um, of Dale Boy's dealings. I think the general public can relate more to the trotters decorating a takeaway of sorts, be it a Chinese or an Indian, rather than some British bistro place. I don't yeah. know why, I just, got, I just think it paints a better picture. I can't if you pardon the pun. I don't know, I can say. I can't help but feel sorry for Mr. Chin in this episode yeah. until the end where you actually realise it works out all in yeah. his favour. Yeah. He's genuinely like vulnerable, isn't he? Even like the character. I don't know if he's such an amazing actor, but he's just he's he just seems really vulnerable and like a walkover. I bet when when I don't know, Tony Dow said cut, I bet Mr. Chin was like, Oh, it was the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a proper like yeah. Londoner. I could be wrong, yeah. but I'd be interested to see what he was like as an actor, because he probably could be putting it on. Can I do a Rayman on you? I don't think oh, it's been Tony Dow, I think it would have been Ray Butt. Sorry, Ray Butt, you know, sorry, I was just firing off the top of my head, Sam. That wasn't me being a total awesome. But yeah, I think it's a bit like yeah, like you were saying in the episode uh, Diamonds Are for Heather, where the Spanish guitar player sounding. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant scene. Leave it out, Dale got living to mine. Enrique, Enrique. Yeah, exactly. But that, anyway. uh, Mr. Chin is played by uh, Rex Wee. Rex Wee. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not too sure how the surname's pronounced. But he certainly passed away now, well, hasn't he? Unfortunately, yeah. Back in, uh, well, according to my research, 2006. Yeah. Where you got it from? IMDb? Um, I did. Has he been to I don't know why that's relevant. I'm sorry. Has he been to any conventions, do you know? No. Um, I had a funny feeling he had been to a convention or two, but I could be completely making that up. Almost certainly. I'm quite sure he hasn't. We'll do some research and we'll let you know. 73, that's a good age. When we... Go, yeah. So I was waiting for you <laughs> to say... Sorry, you sarcastic. But this, this, this Rex... We, Rex Y guy, Rex he, um, well, he died in... 2006, so he'd be about. He said he was born in 33, died in 2006. What's that? 70. He was, uh, yeah, he was 73 when he died. That's not a bad age, is it? It's not a bad age. What's room, San? He died. Very good. I love a relevant in context quote. I know. <laughs> I like my head bobble as well, San. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> 
Dale's just sewn up a deal. That's another deal for the trotters. What I like That's is... what I'm talking about. Sorry. So, I'm really sorry, Ed. But ex the external shot we saw originally yeah. was clearly one long like street, wasn't it? Well, clipped down to what we could see, just the shot. But if you look out, Dale's walking out the shop. Yeah. And we can see like a in like a residential house clearly. Yes. Yeah. To his left. Yeah. So unless the street ends literally as he turns left, but the shot we saw is just no, Do you I know think, what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know this what you're saying, but I think day. there could easily be at least another house on that row. Maybe. We're very, very dissecting this, but I, yep. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm sure you have, it. What I like is when Dell leaves the Chinese takeaway, he's, he uh, sort of bows to him and says, what does he say, sayonara? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And then... Ciao. And then he says, cheerio. I think he says chow. Does he? Oh, yeah, I, so I, I only know that. So. But <laughs> do you know what I just noticed? Have I not noticed this before? I just noticed the cat. On I've the, never noticed that cat before. I know that it's going to reference That's the number cat. 42 off the menu. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll reference that in a couple of scenes time, but yeah, I've never, clever. for yeah. some reason, probably because this is a podcast and we literally put, tear it to pieces, don't we? <laughs> but on general viewing, I don't notice the cat. This it's, is also a quite important scene as well because Dell, it goes to show how much uh, Dell's late mum means to him. So mm. he's putting off a business deal to earn money to go yeah. and spend some time by his his dear mum's grave, yes. to give, give their headstone a lick of paint. Today is a, what's well, a very special day. Today is the anniversary of my late mother's passing from this immortal curl. The, there's an ongoing gag here in Falls and Horses where Dell is always gets around paying for a parking permit. Mm. So he'll put like an out of order sign or midwife on an emergency call sign on. That's amazing though. A pat on the back for that. Those are some really good, good ideas. Mm. Quite original ideas. And I bet they work back then. Well, well you know the the whole story of Only Fools and Horses when John Sullivan's talking about the kind of house that he was brought up in. And yeah. Like his mum and dad were, you know, like his dad was a bit of a wheeler dealer, wasn't he? Yeah. So he was all like, oh, you like that table? It's yours for a tenner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad might. Uh, he's probably thing. heard of these, you know, the whole tax in the post thing on mm. the windscreen and the out of orders. So yeah, yeah, it's probably all true, isn't it? For yeah. Several characters along the London line. Yeah. It's all right, what you know stuff, isn't it? Mm. On a similar subject, I like um, in the Fog's Legacy. When Dell hears about the the gold bullion, he tells Rodney. Rodney's first reaction is, "Oh, good, we can take the magnet off." The <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing they got in place. It's the first time you see uh, Joan Mavis Trotter's headstone. Mm. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. It's all fiberglass. <laughs> yeah. Would have been good to see an episode of that being created. Mm. Well, you get a clear sight of when she passed away and there's a lot there is a continuity error with how old Rodney was when she passed away and how Dale was etc I think Dale was what 16 Rodney if you watch if you've watched Rock and Chips I think Rodney's born in 62 mm. so therefore would have been two years old when he died according to this scene but I'm sure Rodney says later on in the scene he was only sort of I don't think he mentions he was four or five just that he was a nipper but it's referenced in later series that he was only four or five. I think in um, Illusion Streak, he's, he's, he's referenced as being a little bit older than two. It's, it's just uh, fan, fans, will, fans will know, won't they? They will. Yeah. They, there's, there's, there is a bit of a content. But anyway, she definitely died in '64, according to this. Is it just me, or does that look like it's made of paper mache? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Here's an interesting question. I yes, wonder. There are some fans out there who are really into collecting only fools and horses memorabilia. If there's anyone yeah. out there who actually owns that prop headstone because that'd be a really cool thing to have. That would be pretty cool. Mm. But at the same time, there might have been one of those things where they sort of binned it after they thought that they were done with it. True. Because I don't know how many times you see that headstone because you see in 
uh, as one door closes. Yeah. Do you see that same headstone though? Because I'm pretty sure it's a big stone structure, isn't it? You see well, that one. It's the very, very last episode, Sleeps in Peckham. It's a massive obelisk of a monument. So maybe they'll probably decorate it. Yeah, I think so. That's interesting. I wonder how many gravestones it has. Anyway, that's yeah. a point to talk about. But, but that, that looks thought. like Dell was carved that himself through the fiberglass, you know? It just looks like. That's the bestest grave in the entire cemetery, Rodney. Yes, mustard. <laughs> I mean, look at the others. They all look like monuments to the unknown Jippo. Mm. But then I don't think he would have put Reg. He wouldn't have made reference to his dad. So just for you listeners, the headstone says, Joan Mavis Trotter, wife of Reg, mother of Delboy Rodney, fell asleep March 12th, 1964. Yeah, I think if Delboy had um, arranged that, I don't think he would have put his dad, would he? But then maybe they were still together at that time. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. It's all, all I think, interesting questions. That's a good point, though, Ed. I think... Maybe there's, it could have, I don't know, no one really liked, if you've watched Rock and Chips, Reg wasn't a very well-liked person in the local community. They just saw him as a bit of a clown and a bit of an abuser. Come. So I don't know who would have insisted that Dell puts that on there, but good point. Maybe Dell's looking at the bigger picture. <coughs> Sorry. Don't start getting sacrificial. It's quite a nice scene, this. Dell and Rodney are, to me, it's a, it's a sunny Sunday afternoon and yeah. they're just, you know, paying their respect to their mum. It's, I think I do think Jerdell's genuinely wants to pay his respects, but he, he does yeah. find it the perfect time to, to ask Manipulate Rodney. Rodney. He's exactly that, yeah. yeah, definitely. Puts him in a vulnerable spot, doesn't he? Mm. Now, actually, that... <laughs> that you don't care, will you, when you're brown bread? Yeah. <laughs> Giving me my widow skin trouble. <laughs> that gravestone is much bigger than I re recall from this episode. Oh, maybe it is the same headstone then, because when you look at it further back, it looks like a completely different thing. The first crop of it looked like that was just it, because it's the shape of a normal traditional headstone. Plus, the as one door closes, I don't remember it being that that design, but I could have my we'll have memory. A look. We'll have a look. My memory could be playing tricks on me here. If I had any wealth at all, I'd give you half like a shot. Yeah? So you had two Rolls Royces? Well, I'd give you one, wouldn't I? You'd give me one of your Rolls Royces? Yeah, of course I would. If it was weather like this, I'd give you the one with the sunshine roof. <laughs> if you had two million pounds, what'd you do? I'd give you a million, wouldn't I? Really? In cash. What'd you do if you had two of them deep-sea divers' watches? Now you know I got two of them deep-sea divers' watches. <laughs> Don't take bloody liberties with me. <laughs> yeah. Rodney um, calls Dell's bluff uh, when Dell says that he would share anything. Well, he'd split it down the middle. Mm. Rodney goes through a list of things that are highly unlikely Dell to own, like a sports car, whatever. Mentions his deep-sea divers' watch. Dale's like, you know I've got a deep sea diver's watch. What well, if you have two of them deep sea diver's watches, Dale? Rodney's body language is quite interesting in this scene because he always talks about him not really knowing his mum, so Dale's taken there to manipulate him, but I don't think Rodney feels emotionally attached to his mum because he didn't really know him, so Rodney's sat there with his arms folded, or either that he knows, Dale Boy specifically brought him there to try and get one over him to make him do something that he doesn't want to do, because he, he sat there looking very stubborn with his arms folded before... Dell even mentions that he wants him to paint the takeaway. Well, well I think if your first observation is correct, because Rodney does say, you know, it's different for you. I haven't got that connection with mm -hmm. Mum like you have. I was only a little nipper. Now, look, Dell, I didn't know Mum that well, did I? 
when she died, I was just a little nipperoonie, all odd socks and eczema. <laughs> now you feel a sense of personal loss. Me, I just feel cheated. But he doesn't look very interested, does he? No. He looks very no. bored, he just doesn't want to be there, doesn't look very comfortable. Yeah. It's a great oh. scene though, this. It's a great scene. I love it, it's one of my favourite yeah. scenes, I think. Just just goes to show how well Rodney and Del sort of bounce off mm. each other and how their characters are so integral to one another. The Sullivan's always been so good at that, isn't it? It's a poignant scene with a bit of laughter. But David Jason makes it, doesn't he? He's I can't imagine anyone else. Just an amazing actor, isn't he? Our mum was a wonderful woman. She had long golden blonde hair, sometimes. <laughs> you could see her sitting at the bar at the nag's head in her simulated beaver skin with a rum and pep in one hand. <laughs> Twenty senior service in the other. <laughs> now she looked like a lady. David Jason is just oh can't speak highly of the how his acting. Yeah. So he's comforting Rodney now talking about the passing of their mum, just to try and pick him up a tiny bit. And Dale's looking off in the distance like he's imagining some sort of, um, I don't know, Xanadu land yeah. or a vision, a yeah. vision of, like, a fantasy vision of what can happen in the future. And you can slowly start to see Rodney's sort of frown turn upside down and he's, he's thinking about <laughs> it. He's taking the bait, basically. Dale's cast yeah. a rod and he's gently meaning it back and Rodney's swimming faster and faster after it. It's brilliant. Yeah, his arms are no longer folded. He sort of opened up a little bit and yeah, he's having a bonding moment. And when he gets Dale to like, what did you just say? Like, oh, just the birds are singing. It's just classic Dale to go, oh, I didn't say anything out of order. I just said, you know, no, you know what you said, Dale, you know. Dale is the master of manipulation. Mm. Yeah, I remember what mum said to me on her deathbed. Called me over to her side and she said, Del boy. Del boy. Started, did she? <laughs> no, really, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said it. Sorry. But it is for the greater good. Like, he's just trying to bring some, some Wonga into the family, isn't he? Yeah. And including Rodney, it's, it's a good thing. Because Rodney is, you know, early 20s. He's not in work, properly in work. So... Dale is actually doing right by him, isn't he? Yeah. Essentially. Like, Dale is the leader and he will lead from the front and he won't get his hands dirty in that regard, but he, without Dale's input, they're not going to be able to pay yeah. pay for any bills. Not that they pay proper bills, but, you know, put food on the table. That's what it's all about. Pay it? the rent. Yeah, it's just these little things. Dale did extremely well to bring it back. So if Rodney is challenging Dale, what, you know... No, I like it here, though, don't you, Rodney? No, it's nice and quiet. Away from the crowd and the noise and the traffic. No, it really is. Nice and quiet. Yeah. And tranquil. Mmm. You're decorating the kitchen of a Chinese takeaway tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> the birds are singing and the sun's shining. <laughs> what did you just say? So the sun's shining and the birds are singing. No, I mean before that. Everything's quiet and tranquil. No, Dale, in between it being quiet and tranquil and the sun shining and the birds singing, you mentioned something about a Chinese takeaway. There's no way you're getting me to do that. He's offering, his, he's offering his port and he'll do anything Well, this that. is it, yeah. 
and a deep sea diver's watch, of course. Which doesn't turns out it doesn't work. Yeah. Poor Rodney. Bloody watch. He says, "Don't don't use it underwater." Once again, Dell is getting his free parking permit. Poor old Grandad stuffed in the back of the van, as is the way. He's sort of third down the pecking order, isn't he? Mm. Always has been, always will be. Although sometimes Rodney is, isn't he, with their dynamics. Dell and Grandad sometimes gang up on him, don't they? Grandad's definitely playing the victim, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's got the eyes. One of the great uh, one-liners here. Don't let him out! It's going to please Mr Chin, isn't it? Oh, was it his pet? No, but number 39's off the menu. Cat escapes the Chinese. They'll make references. I mean, it would be probably be deemed as offensive now, wouldn't it? But it's a funny line, yeah, isn't it? It's funny. All over that. It's hilarious. Rodney believes him that that was actually on the menu, doesn't he? Just stands there. <laughs> yeah. In pure surprise. That is just Rodney, uh, Dale just larking about there, isn't it? Mm. First thing he does is check the till. I love Dale. As soon as he goes into anybody's house or anybody's premises from like that, it automatically becomes his home. Yeah. He sits down, helps the <laughs> yes. what he wants to do, puts his feet up on the furniture. So yeah, when they're going into the Chinese restaurant, you can see the house in the background and it's identical to Irene McKay's house. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, it could Same be. Same colour. Yeah. What's your first thoughts on that grassy kitchen? It's supposed to look terrible, isn't it? Well, I think it's probably how a lot of kitchens looked. They probably yeah. still do look in these um, fast food outlets now. There probably wasn't a hygiene rating certificate back then, was there? But the thing is, like, Rodney is often dissatisfied with whatever task they're carrying out, but it is, it's a rare chance for him to work. You know, he's early 20s, not in work. I'd be, I'd be quite grateful, personally, to get some work in, even if it's a little bit shady. It's not fair though, it's not as if it's 50-50 though, Dalboy's not really pulling his weight, is he? He's, he's found on the job and he's sort of sodding off, isn't he? And look at the slate of the place, there's pans, after have to move all the pans, all the shelves, it's a nightmare job, isn't it? But he, he is the provider for that family. Like, I guess. He, he like, sets up opportunities for him to earn money, so he just expects them to help with it. I, I don't, I, I know what you mean though, like, he, he doesn't really get his hands dirty. It'll be 60-40 at least, wouldn't it? Yeah. The, the money split. <laughs> He's like an agent, Straight he takes a cut. Straight down the middle, 60-40. He's like an agent that takes a cut, but he takes a high percentage. And the icing on the cake is the size of the tins of paint that <laughs> it's gotta, gotta get out to paint the place. Mm -hmm. It's like a paint model, model aeroplanes. Oh yeah, what? and just what am I supposed to do with them soppy little tins? Look, I can't even get me brush in them. <laughs> can't even get his brush in them. He can't even work that little problem out. Oh, go on. Tell him how to do it, Granddad. You get a pair of scissors and trim your brush up. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember thinking at the time, when I first watched this, Rodney's like, how am I going to put the brush in? I was thinking, yeah, actually, good point. And it's only when they reveal, well, just trim pour the brush it up. <laughs> See, yeah. That's an amazing line by Granddad. Yeah, isn't it? In the fact that he's got history of painting properties. Yeah. Or, no, or was it wall, it was wallpapering, wasn't it? Because he wallpapered yeah. over a serving hatch. Yeah. But yeah, his, his DIY skills are less yeah. to be desired, I think. You don't get a pair of scissors and trim your brush up. And of course, that sort of behaviour leads to the disaster in a touch of glass for the chandelier. So uh, there's a good point made by one, another fan. They were saying that, why is Rodney sort of in charge of this job? When a, in um, who's a pretty boy? Granddad used to be a painter, decorator, like you were saying. Why wasn't? Although it might be an age thing. Granddad's. Yeah, I think Granddad's older. moaning about his back and his feet Probably, hurting yeah. him. And it may be doubt showing uh, Rodney responsibility. Yeah, trying to take the lead for a change. Yeah. 
but it does look like an absolute nightmare job. Mm. I must have seen this episode 110 times, and watching it now, I've just noticed you can see the boom mic sneak into the scene. Oh, yeah. Which I've never noticed before. And Only Fools and Horses is normally really tight with that sort of yeah, thing. There's never. There's a, there's a few um, scenes where like, extras or pedestrians are stopping and watching the scene being filmed, which you can see, yeah. but they do try to disguise it very well. Mm. But normally, other than that, you never really see any mistakes. I'm just I'm really surprised that I spotted it. Dale recovers well. Um, when he's waiting to find out what colour the paint is because yeah. he comes up with a good explanation what explanation why they've chosen quote unquote gold yeah. for the gold and blue you can shout me down yeah. the <laughs> if you want <laughs> well what's a very scheming thing from Dell and poor old Mr Chin's fallen for it is he's Dell has previously and we haven't seen this acted as a health and safety officer hasn't he yeah. he's made the anonymous phone call oh, he says don't worry day. John I tell you what the sensible thing would would have, would be to have done in this situation: charge Mr. Chin X amount, get Brendan on the blower. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and Brendan could do the work. But yeah, yeah. For quite in fifty percent less. Keep fifty percent for V <laughs> yeah. and fifty percent for Vu. That's makes what they should have done. Makes perfect sense. They could have been sat cushy in their flat with a tequila, tequila sunset sign. <laughs> so this is Dale Boy in his prime selling. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm allowed to say anymore. Sand to an Arab. <laughs> Not to say yeah. that. Water to a goldfish. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. So th this, this is Dale in his prime showing his showmanship and how well he acts as a salesman by selling Mr. Chin some mm. big different colour paint that he didn't even want. Yeah. But like I said, the, ex the reasoning from Dale was perfect. Well, I chose gold because your place is known as the Golden Locust. Lotus. See, I've done it again, let's see. How do you know the health inspector's calling? I, I didn't think they warned you or nothing. Oh, I had a telephone call from a man. He did not give me his name. <laughs> but he tells me, get your kitchen painted or you'll be in big trouble, John. Huh? <laughs> John? John. Yeah, so we've just had Mr. Chin saying that he's had a warning from uh, an inspector saying he's got to get the kitchen decorated by a certain time or you'll be in big trouble, John, huh? <laughs> John, <laughs> all of a sudden Rodney is... Yeah, John, it's, it's an expression, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> You know, John, John, Cockney slang, John. Dale's always sort of putting his arm around him, isn't he, to manipulate him a bit more, yeah, just to sort yeah. of reassure him at the same time pushing him out the door. It'd probably work on me, to be fair, if you got like a cheeky, friendly Cockney chap. You know. Well, you do, don't you? you? Like, oh, go on then, you've, char you've charmed me. I remember years ago when we used to go to Bristol Market and there were people there who were just the gift of the gab, like magicians. Yeah, it you, works. You walk away with something, like, I didn't really want this. Yeah, yeah. But but they managed to sell it to you yeah. just because it's almost like sort of peer, it's like pressure as well. They put so much pressure on you and they're very good at sort of mm. the spiel. If you go abroad to places like Turkey or Spain, Greece. Oh, yes, like with bracelets and stuff on the beach. Yeah, not even that, just in the high street. They're standing outside their shops and they. They don't necessarily have the charm as such, but they just, you just feel obliged to have a look and you end up buying something. Yeah. You can negotiate the price though. Perfectly. Did you guys ever go to Bristol Market? I've been to, I'm sure I must have done it in my time. We don't live that far no. away from it, do we? It was literally like the markets you see on only horse and horses, wasn't it? Just like stock everywhere. Mm. You know, really colourful individuals. That yeah. was not, not a racial term, but I mean colourfuls in personality. You're walking off. Don't to explain to us. Yeah, we're going to Yeah, to explain to us, Sam. For the listeners. Then, you know, there's people that have made complaints about it. I, I don't want to go into this too much, but 
a lot of people have snowflakes, if you, if you like, mm. have uh, complained about Only Falls recently, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, because of um, reference to certain races. Right, okay. That is more mostly of a younger generation. Yeah. With, if, if you heard of Britbox. Yes. They have they put up a warning to so many of old British comedies, but it falls and answers like this may. I think that's what they should do. Just put warnings, and if you want to carry on watching it, watch it. Don't just don't cut it though. What is interesting? I was speaking to someone about this the other day. What is Only Fools and Horses going to be in forty years' time? I'll keep. It's going to be bad. I'll keep this really, really brief. But for instance, there are episodes like other comedies which aren't similar but for instance friends that's been cut so much now mm. when it's on television the storylines don't make sense and mm. i know some people have tweeted us with only fools and horses saying the same thing but if they're going to keep continuing to cut bits out because it's not politically correct in this day and age what's going to be like in 40 years time will it be banned but we mm. should we should 100 percent agree like we should you know our language should adapt because you know we live in a different world now, but you should, under no circumstances, cut any show or film which was recorded in a different time yeah. because it's the context of it. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Meaning. Yeah, I it think there's a line there because there is that show, isn't there? With um, oh, what's it called? The guy with the bald head. To Beverly Park. Yeah, Afghanistan. That is a little bit too much, isn't it? Yeah, um, that is that is quite. But but what people don't realise is writers of shows like that, like Johnny Spite, Johnny Space, or he wrote that. He was taking the mick out of bigots, racists. It's laughing at them, yeah, but people yeah. don't see it as that. Yeah, I don't know. We can talk about it for a long I time. Talk about it for a long I can time. understand that, but on the other hand, back when that was aired, there might have been lots of people out there of colour and white people like us. It did offend them, but mm. they were too afraid to, to say yeah. anything. So just because it was acceptable back then doesn't mean there were a lot of people who were unhappy at that time that mm. just were too afraid to step forward and There's say no something. There's no social media, was there, at the end of the day? So no. It's, not, uh, it's, a, it's a tough subject, isn't it? But arguably, I think a lot of people like to be offended on behalf of other people. Yeah. And We should get Piers Morgan on our podcast. Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> it, It'll sort you all out. But it's, it's true, though, I think... Keep talking over us all the time. A lot of people like to score brownie points in... in um, yeah. In this, in this, like, a culture war going on at the minute. Like, and oh, people yeah, want... likes on this. Yeah. yeah. It's just ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, we, we dissect. Like it would be interesting to know where Only Four Sources is in 40 years' time. Well, we're, I think we're already in, the, in a period now where they're starting... We've seen it cut on UK Gold mm. and BBC if they ever repeat it. So it's, I think we're already, unfortunately, started... That era. It seems like there seems to be on a daily basis the things that come out which uh, newly offend people. Don't worry, Mr. Chin. In fact, chin up. <laughs> Big time. Anyway, moving on. The yellow peril. Yeah. The yellow peril. Dale has got a nice wad of cash, and he's he's divvying it out. Arguably unfairly. However, however you see it. He's very chipper, isn't he? Rodney's like, yeah. where you been? Here, then, everywhere. Yeah. This and that. I love that. Up and down. What's that episode where Grandad gets some money and he goes, I'll invest it wisely and he starts placing bets on there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. One of the earlier episodes, isn't it? Grandad shoves it straight in his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's his bank account in his, oh, his could be. shirt pocket. That's why his kidneys didn't show up on that yeah. x-ray. <laughs> All is forgotten now. Dale, you know, um, Rodney's forgiven Dale. He's got his deep sea divers watch. Yeah, Rodney's like fixating on this watch, isn't he? Cabinet. Would you like it then? Yeah. Cheers. Good. Oh, the bloke said, don't get it in the water. You know what it's like getting a new watch from your kids? Especially yeah, a digital yeah, yeah. one, you're like, oh my god, I what does it, it do? So many different knobs and buttons and dials to turn. I always wanted that watch with the calculator on it. 
Yeah, yeah, it was because I thought that would solve all my problems. From the hourglass, and they really called it like a James Bond guy. Yeah, I always remember that. And there was, do you remember the watch? Going off subject a bit, where you could control the TV with the watch. Forget about the watch. Sorry, I was just going. (laughs) Sandra, I bought you a donut kebab. (laughs) Anyway, do you remember the watch that used to be able to control the television? Yeah, Yeah. I always wanted that. I think it only worked with certain televisions. It had like infrared on it, didn't it? So the old probably probably all blips and blobs. Yeah. Anyway, moving on the yellow peril. Do you know what, Trigger is sort of intelligent Trigger in this one, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite well dressed, isn't he? He's quite well groomed and he comes across as an intelligent person. He's, he's kind of masterminded this paint deal, isn't he? Yeah. And he's managed to nick it or indirectly pinch it. Mm. You've got to be switched on to be able to nick from... So we estab- it's established this paint's been nicked from the... Oh, who's it been nicked from? Rick, uh, GWR, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Great Western Railway. Yes. Well, it won't be G- Great Western Railway. Oh, what was it then? Um... Well, uh, the uh, police... Bankrupt, yeah. what was it it says? Um, Network Rail. Yeah, probably it was Network Rail, yeah. yeah. Network Rail. Quiet! <laughs> Network yeah. Rail. Network Rail. Well, uh, Dale does this quite a lot through um, episodes of the show where he's just about being exposed. It happened in Losing Streak where he's just making these gestures to trick to say, shut up. Rodney's behind him giving an absolute stern look. Stern look. He's about to be exposed as, actually, yeah, you have acquired this paint from a from the back of a lorry. He must know Rodney suspects that's probably the case though. And then Dale goes off on another tangent, I'll explain how it's right that he, how it's good for the economy, which I thought was quite, you know, quite Dale, isn't it? Yeah, that's the only thing that'll probably win over Rodney though, because Rodney's yes. got ethics involved, yeah. <laughs> hasn't he? So what's going on in this scene here then? Well, Rodney is bemused to say the least that he's learned that the paint has been nicked from Network Rail. I don't think it's Network Rail, but you know, the police, essentially. And granddad says, I wonder why I've been whistling, this is the end of the train. <laughs> Transport police. Yes. And they can't work out, well, apart from the fact that Dale was justified by the fact that actually it's going to use helping the economy through his long monologue. He said they use that stuff to paint signs in tunnels. Well, how can you see a sign in a tunnel? It's black, isn't it? No, this is luminous paint. <laughs> it's luminous, granddad. That means you can see in the luminous. <laughs> Bloody luminous. Granddad's just posed the question, well, how the hell can you see uh, signs in tunnels? It's pitch black, isn't it? That's quite an interesting question to think of on the spot in that situation, isn't it? Mm. I wouldn't have thought of that. No, I wouldn't. Which then, of course... Yeah, disaster strikes. Disaster strikes, and Dale's probably got a shot of guilt going through his body. He kind of interrupts himself, doesn't he? My God! And he starts to blame, semi-blame Trigger, which I think is harsh. Because Trigger's not to know. He's not going, can I buy some paint so I can paint it? Presumably it was a stolen job lot, wasn't it? And he just shifted it really quickly. But when the penny drops, he's not worried about the Chinese restaurant, is he? Well, yeah, but <laughs> probably a case that... Well, yeah, he, doesn't, place, he doesn't envisage the kitchen being in darkness for some reason, does he? Probably, like, subconsciously, whereas he knows that cemetery at night is pitch black, and what's yeah. it going to look like? But at this point in the episode, the, the viewer doesn't know what Dare Boy's been up to. True, they, they true. That he's been painting yeah. his mum's headstone. My God! Something wrong, Bill? <laughs> what have I done? It's all your fault. It's your fault, you and your stupid paint! Oi, what have you done? Clever writing though, isn't it? It's brilliant. Typical John Sullivan, Great Only Fools and Horses mm. episode. There's two things going on and they always sort of crash, don't they? You're three quarters of the way through the episode. You know, Rodney's going like, this watch didn't work. I, I like, love it when Dale takes the watch off him and sort of... Sentinel Oriental, I was in it. He starts, 
you like pick something off and it like clearly a button that's just come loose. That's, that's crap. The... That's crap. That is. That's crap. <laughs> that's crap. That is. That's crap. You didn't tell me that. We saw it to me last week. Now that they watches does feature prominently through Fools and Horses. It's a typical. So do we that? You've got you got the watch in um, Long Legs of the Law. Those what the ones that are going for four quid. But is it gym proof? Sold by Trigger. To Hull and back. Yeah, to Hull and back, and of course, the, 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 John, the John Harrison Lesser watch, which mm -hmm. went for, which is a real thing, by the way. That Bloody a, watch! That's a real, not that watch, but there is a watch missing from uh, Harrison. It's called the Lesser watch. That is one of five made. So the phones rang. Granddad's answered it. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Chin. You He's start going. At. Where you gone, Dale? Oh, this is a classic. You know, it's one of the best scenes. Where are you going to, Dale? Of course, you've previously so, sent us an amazing um, impersonation of Mr. Chin. You wanna, do you wanna do it for a set? Drum roll. I'll do my best. Don't you hello, Mr. Chin, me? What have you done to my walls? Don't you hello, Mr. Chin, me? Huh? What have you done to my walls? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well done, Ed. I tell you, it, it does look. Horrendous, but the kitchen looks considerably tidier with it. But when we're seeing now the, the luminous. Who had the clever concept then to come up with the fact that because it's, it's luminous, it cuts down the electricity bills? Is it something that Dale sells to Mr. Chin, or does Mr. Chin think that's what's already happened, therefore gets Dale in again to do more rooms? Well, from the conversation we hear, we don't hear Dale say you can. Well, he did say, didn't he? He says it's a energy saving thing. So, yeah, it is actually Dale's quick thinking. Yeah. He's brilliant. Fair play, Dale boy, fair play. Hmm. But this happens again, doesn't it? With if we go back, if we go forward to series seven, and we'll get there by the time I'm sixty, I'm sure. You know when they in the episode stage fright, yeah, mm. and Eugene McCarthy makes a call to Dale to sort of feedback how it how the cabaret show went and for his yeah, it's actually run. the same situation, isn't it? And you think, oh God, Dale's in for it here, and he goes, actually, it's so funny. We want we want Raquel mm -hmm. and um, uh, Tony. Tony on again. So it's a. I've got an observation. Sorry to change cool. subject. And you can shoot me down in flames if you like. <laughs> obviously, this episode's called The Yellow Peril. The curtains are shut. The curtains are hardly ever shut. And obviously, they, they've got yellow flowers on them. Yeah. And Rodney's wearing a yellow t shirt. They've got a lollipop sign in the back that's yellow, obviously. Do you yeah. reckon that's coincidence? They've got a yellow van still. Do you reckon the marketing man, uh, the marketing man, the uh, stage manager, or. Added properly. Could be. Reckon, I don't know. Psychologically, I don't know if the. Uh, It'd be, be interesting to know if it's the same uh, stage setup in the next episode of the same series. It's just yellow is very much prominent, isn't it? That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Now the big reveal is, and it's quite an amazing shot in that. It's kind of I when I first watched that as a young boy, I found that quite eerie. Like yeah. this cemetery with this lit yeah, up object. Yeah, it's very ghost-like, isn't it? Ghostly. But Granada's got a fantastic line. Worries me, it's on the main flight path to East Road. Well, how does Dale resolve it? We'll just put it down to Vandals. And <laughs> Let's leg it. Yeah. Yeah. This is episode. a great... This is definitely one of the strong episodes of, seri of uh, Series 2 for me. I think this is only Force and Horses in its prime, yeah. I think. All the characters are fantastic together, aren't they? They like, are. Great writing, great supporting artists. Oh, I mean... A lot of yellow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I am a 
I do love Ofer as... Let me get some tissue, Sam. As the series progresses. It's getting emotional because we're getting towards the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if we tell the viewers back home... Sorry, the viewers. The listeners back home what's going on. Our jolly boy Ed is suffering with an eye condition. And uh, it's, not putting on, put, it's not putting him off his game there. He's still uh, cracking out the observations. It sort of hit me across the, the, <laughs> yeah. the head there. Yeah, one of, I crashed uh, into him. My, Oh, one of Del Boy's mobile phone aerials. When yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. Oh, yes, the aerial on that mobile phone shot nearly got my eye out. So that's the end of another podcast. I'm pleased that we finally got around to doing this. For me, out, out in this series, for the series two, I'd give this, I'd probably give it a nine. Good score. It's a fair score. Yeah, nine's fair for me. Yeah, nine for me. Nine all round. What would have what made it, what would have, Made it a ten for you though. What was that tiny element missing? A lack of Boise it's, and the mic. Yeah, maybe. I think the wider the wider casts obviously aren't in it, and you can't compare it to someone like Jolly Boys, which is obviously no. a ten. Mike it's, wasn't it, in it, was he? Actually, at this point, no. Mike's introduced in um, Who's a Pretty Boy. It's short and sweet, funny, great. You know, mm. it's um, for me. It's a nine. You know. I just, yeah. Because quite often, as Fools and also progresses, and it's the same with lots of shows, there's usually a main plot and then like a little subplot. So if you take Jolly Boys out, for example, the main plot is the day out, having a good time. The subplot is the marriage troubles with Rodney, Cassandra, the Stephen thing. So this is just like these early series. It's just one main thing going on. So maybe if it, a 10 might have been if there's an extra bit of substance to it. I don't know. But it's still amazing. Do you want to read out the statistics of the airing figures? Mm-hmm. So this episode got 8.2 million viewers. Pretty good for this day and age, but back then... 82. Not so strong, yeah. November 82 it was aired. It was only four channels then. But reruns, I think, that would have been higher viewing figures, but I think that, you know, going by original stats, it would have been, that's the right amount, 8.2 million. Buyers down for a full out somewhere. Off and running. This is Gold Rush. It's come to the part of the evening where we are going to be reading out our listeners' questions, which they kindly submitted to us to quiz ourselves. Okay. So we haven't had a look at these yet. We don't know. Technically, we don't really know what they're going to be about or the criteria of them. So mm-hmm. we're going to try our best to um, yep. to answer them. So it's like gold rush. How many have you got? Lots. I don't know. I'm not. I've literally not looked to the point because okay. I want it to be a surprise. All right. So key the intense music. Okay. So the first question is from somebody called My Left Foot. And the question is, which breakfast cereal did Rodney win a holiday with? That's a great question. I got it, I got it. Oh, go on then, Ed. Mega Flakes. Yes, I think that is right. Yeah, it is right. Congratulations, I, Ed. I had a Weetabix straight away in my mind. I thought they wouldn't have used a real brand. That's what was in Uncle Albert's beard. Yeah, that's it. Thank, <laughs> thank you for the question, Lou by Louise. Okay, the second question is from Paul. And Paul has submitted quite a few questions, so thanks very much, Paul. Do you mean John? Sorry, John. (laughs) In your own time, my son. Okay, so the first question is, which fruit was mentioned in the episode Yesterday Never Comes? Banana. Yesterday Never Comes. It's banana. Fives, yeah. Okay, what is the name of Trigger's grandmother? Um, That is a good question. Do you know it, baby? Um... Is it? I should know it. Hang on, hang on. 
Oh, what's the answer to this one? That's a very good question. Can I have a guess? Go on then. Is it Elga? No. <laughs> you got that from a certain episode, though. Elgaru. No, no. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. I know. I'm picturing the scene. It's Shirley Sheen and Sean's mum and dad. <laughs> Arthur, right. Arthur oh, is the granddad. Arthur and... Ah, it's it, not Margaret, because... No. We should offer that drink, Margaret. Let's get a No. <laughs> I, I'll kick, we'll kick ourselves. Go oh, on. that's a good one. Do you know the answer? So you haven't got the answers? No. Have they not supplied the answers? No. Because if they did, it'd be easy, wouldn't it? I'd know all the answers. Very true. Paul, you've got us on that. We'll move on to the next one. We might come back for it. Okay, the third question from Paul is, what is the name of the club that Della Rodney secured a gig at for Rodney's rock and roll band? It's only rock and roll. The Shamrock Club. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I had in my mind before you finished the question? It was the town hall, wasn't it? Practice, but yeah. Okay, question four. The actor who portrays Max Browning in EastEnders also appeared in Only Force and Horses. Which episode? Oh, Jolly Boys. Jolly Boys. Bing! Correct. Excuse uh, me, sir. It's all more one there. Sorry. <laughs> okay, next question. Well, uh, where was Dell when he crashed his hang glider into a TV transmitter? Ooh. Red Hill. Where? Or, okay. Yeah, it's Red Hill, isn't it, I think? That's On a very unsuspecting courting couple. Admittedly, that answer didn't come to my mind, but you saying Red Hill makes me think it's probably what the right car? answer. What car? What car did he crash into? Cortina? No, 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 no. Um, it's a... Solero? Solero's an ice cream, isn't it? Sorry. You're close. Sorry. Okay. Sierra. It's a Bic. What is it? Sierra. Okay, next question. It's good. Next question. Solero. Okay, wh where did Rodney and Cassandra go on their honeymoon? And uh, they went to, um... Jesus, these... <laughs> um, Come um, on, use your filbert. I feel like it's somewhere in Spain, but it's... Because uh, they got a villa out oh, in Spain, haven't yeah, they? Oh, yeah, it's... The, um, um, Pam and Alan have got a villa Costa del Kent, was it? No, where is it going? Tenerife? I don't know. Guernsey? No, Paul, you've got us on that one as well. Let's I, move on. Yeah, well, I have it on record as saying I think it's Spanish, one of the, one of the Balearic Islands. It's something we should know, isn't it? Yeah. It's, good, it's a good question. We'll, we'll come back to it. Okay, next question. Den and Rodney have a game of I Spy. What is the only answer they can come up with? Walls. It's the end of that game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and next question. In the final episode, what is the name of the Robson and Jerome tribute act? Lordy Geordie. <laughs> you say that with such confidence. Yeah, okay. Nice. nice one. Good work, Raymond. Next question. In, uh, in which episode does Rodney get a slap across the face from an angry woman? Oh, um, Miranda oh, Davenport. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that um, episode is. Why have I. Um, we know the episode. It's the Woodworm. Tomorrow Never Comes? No. That's the James Bond film. Oh, Yesterday Never Comes. Sorry, yeah. isn't it? Yesterday it's Never. It's Second time around? No, that's Pauline. Pauline Harris. I was going to cheat then. Yeah, it's the episode you're referring to. Fancy the Indian. It's, it's Miranda Davenport, and the episode is what? yes. I think it is yesterday never comes. Yesterday never comes. Okay, great. Next question: Which two keys are missing when Dell and Rodney have a typewriter in the video nasty? A and T. No, I and T. A and T, because he goes. It is if I want to write, write words like at. Oh yeah. But you're on record saying it. So if I am wrong, then. Got the last lap, but I'm. You're A and T. I'm I and T. The T and the A are missing. Six legs, eight legs. We're just a letter out. Okay, great. Next question. Dell once accused Uncle Albert of performing the third act from which musical? Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, 
Okay. Anyway, I've timed it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for your questions, Paul. I like this. These questions are they're, good. Yeah, they're great. Okay, here's a, here's a question from Mr. Duncan Clark. And his question is, in the episode, hang on a minute, I've just read the words, the longest night, I'm going to try and get this one. We've got to try and beat Bailey, if that's to be In the episode, the longest night, what is the name of the supermarket that the trotters are held hostage at, top vice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. And, and for a bonus point, what is the name of the supermarket Dell suggests the shop as from now on, because at least Multimart. you smile when so, you take your money. Patel's Multimart. Yeah, I think that's right. Amazing. Thanks, Duncan, for your questions. They were great. Did you sue him? Who? A charm skull. Here's a question from Mr. David Ball. And the question Ooh, is, probably been boss. done before, but what is Trigger's full name? Colin Ball. Yes, that's correct. Thank you for your question, David. Here's another question from the Combat Golfer. Sounds like an interesting character. Crawling around on the golf pit, on the golf course. <laughs> uh, what's Heather's little boy called? Darren. No, he's not, bring, Darren. he's not bringing that noisy little gift. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is Darren, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Well done. Oh, I'm I, up against Rainman here. How did it start a chance? <laughs> Here's a question from Mr. John Lush. We've had John on the podcast oh, before. He's a true gent. He's what a, a guy. really, really nice guy. Massive Rover fan. So it's always good to receive a question from him. And his question also relates to Diamonds Are For Heather. And the question is, in Diamonds Are For Heather, which city did Heather say her husband was now living and what job was he currently doing? I don't think it the city. Is it Devon somewhere? I thought it was... Um, Torquay. Is it Sunderland? I don't know the answer to this. What's the question? Where is it? Where is I'm this? a mature student. Which city did Heather say her husband was now living and what job was he doing? Oh, the job is being a Santa Claus. Yeah, 100%. Because Dale makes a quip that, oh, that's right then, 51 weeks off a year. Yes, and, that's right, yeah, good I, memory. I, I, I think it, it feels like it's the south, it's the southwest coastline. Okay. That's not exactly the answer. Okay, well, I, John Lush, it, when you're listening to this podcast, please tweet us in and correct us if we are wrong. But thanks very much for your question. Okay, the next question is from Mr. John Kelly, who we've also had on the podcast, who's also a fantastic gent. Hey, is that Kelly the Jelly? Very good. Blew up, didn't he? <laughs> Okay, complete the line from the unlucky winner is When Dan and Rodney think they won the Spanish state lottery I don't care if it's Pesetas Pesetas Or I oh, sure, I can <laughs> picture it but I can't say it oh, I know this, I know this Go on, Ed. Great question, Pesetas, potatoes, or Ra- oh, I know this I love it. it The way, I remember Castell like Almost screams it in excitement. I could never really pick it up. It's not an episode I've seen a lot of, to be no. honest. So, <sighs> come on, Ed, you can do this. Say it's potatoes or it begins with an R. I'm, I'm defeated on that. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that. Got potatoes, potatoes bit, bro. Say it's potatoes or <sighs> potatoes. Okay, <laughs> the next question is from Mr. Daniel Steelman, who's also a, a big fan of the podcast. Um, I, I believe we've had him on the podcast too. Yeah, I think so. And his yeah, question is, name three cocktails that Dale orders in the Nags head. Um, Bailey's C- and Cherry Aid. Cobra Libra. Black Current and Pernod. That's three. Bing! That's right, thanks for your question, Dan. Although it's not pronounced Pernod, obviously. Yeah. And we've got some more. Oh, I'll just get some tea marine Lucas. Okay, well, we've got a few more questions left. Okay, this next question is from Max. And the question is, name three of the Nax head barmaids. Joycey? Yeah. Nervous Neris. Neris. 
obviously knows. Junie, no, Junie's the. Uh, oh, we did a. We did a. Poll. Julie. 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 Yeah. Well, we did no. a poll recently, didn't yeah. we? Just before we. Nerys smashed it. Yeah. Okay. The next question comes from Mr. Mark Francis, and his question is: There are three episodes where you don't see the Trotter flat at Nelson Mandela House. Can you name any of them? Okay. We've had a similar question before. I love these sorts of questions. Right. I would say. So you don't see the flat at all. No. So longest night you don't see the flat. Yeah. Bing. Yeah. Okay, there's three episodes. I just think of those on location episodes. Cash and curry. Cash and curry. Oh no, there's a montage, isn't there? But do you actually see inside the flat? That's a good point. Cash and curry could be one. I don't think. No, we're not. Cash and curry's. Spot on. Longest night. Come on, we've got to get this. Come on, it's free, it was there. Stuck in the back of me brain. Do you see on the Fog's Legacy? Yeah. Right at the, um, yeah, because they're going through oh, yeah. the book, aren't they? The books. But... Books? Touch yourself, book. Um... Yeah, it's in Jolly Boys, in Tahalamba. I'm just going for the specials. Royal so... Flash, right at the end. Obviously, the Night Six trilogy and the 2001 that's all there. Friday the 14th for the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. They're in there. Yes, yeah. all the maggots and the Chinese food. Yeah. Well, we could be here for hours doing this. I'm just thinking of Series 6, Epilogue, Danger XD. You see it in Chain, Chain Gang. Gang. I know. What? Touch a glass. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. no bodging. When when they was trying to convince Rodney, it's a good good scam, and he goes gets to get the bottle of Windley. Yes, yeah, that's a good guess though. Cause oh, it is. We may have two out of three. For the sake of time, call cool, sort of a semi defeat on that because yes. I, I can't think of the top of my head right now. Yeah. Question. They were yeah, fantastic really good questions. Question. Uh, thank you everyone who submitted the questions. We'll, um, well, I think we'll do another one of these because it's been quite. I really enjoyed that actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Because we've, ne we've never fun. all been tested at the same time, have we? Before. No. I like that. So let us know how you got on at home, listeners. If you got them all right, or which ones you struggle with. Have you been shouting at us for the last five minutes, saying it's easy? I think it's what... so simple. Well, we'll go on straight to the answers then. So as I record this, um, I've been through all the questions you guys sent in, had a look at the or listened to the answers we attempted to give, and I thought I'd run through the actual correct answers. So question one was from um, at Myla for which breakfast cereal did Rodney win a holiday with? Of course, Mega Flakes, that's correct. Uh, Paul sent a few questions in, one of which was, which fruit was mentioned in the episode Yesterday Never Comes? That's bananas. Question three, what is the name of Trigger's grandmother? Of course, it's Alice, uh, Alice Ball. Question four, what is the name of the club that Dell and Rodney secure a gig at for um, the, the Rock and Roll Club? And it's the Shamrock Club, so we've got that one right. Uh, the actor who portrays Max Browning in EastEnders, of course, yeah, um, he appeared in Johnny Boy's outing. Max Browning from EastEnders, that is. Uh, where was Dell when he crashed his hang glider into a TV transmitter? And we got that one right, that was Red Hill. Where did Rodney and Cassandra go on their honeymoon? Now, this really, um, we didn't get this one. We couldn't even come up with a, an answer, I don't think. Um, actually, we might have done. Might have said Spain, but the correct answer is Rimini in Italy. And when I when I found this answer, I, I remember the line very well. Dell teasing them about watching an Italian film. Getting in the mood for your honeymoon in Rimini, are we? Question eight. Dell and Rodney has a game of I Spy. What was the only answer they came up with? Walls. That was correct. 
Question nine. In the final episode, what is the name of the Robson and Jerome tribute act, Lordy Jordy? I believe they've got that one correct as well. Question ten. In which episode does Rodney get a slap from the, um, from the angry woman? <laughs> Yesterday never comes. Question eleven. Which two keys are missing when Della Rodney have a typewriter? Sorry about that. In an episode, video nasty. Um, that was A and T. Uh, question 12. Del once accused Uncle Albert of performing in the third act from which musical was called Singing in the Rain. That's another one from Paul. Question 13 from from Duncan Clark. Uh, in the episode The Longest Night, what is the name of the supermarket the trotters are held at? Of course, Bailey got that one straight away because it's his favourite. Top boys. And the bonus question. What was the name Del suggested they shot from now on? And I believe I got that one right. Patel's multi Mart. They might be dearer, but at least they smile when they take your money. Question 14 from David Bull. What is Trigger's full name? Colin Bull. Question 15 from The Combat Golfer. What's Heather's little boy called? Darren. Uh, question 16 from John Lush. In Diamonds After Heather, which city did he- um, Heather say her husband was now living? Uh, and which job is he currently undertaking? Well, that was A Father Christmas, which we got right. We didn't get the place name. It was Southampton. Question 17 from John Kelly. Uh, complete the line from the unlucky when it is. Now, we definitely could not think of this. Um, so when they were... So the episode from unlucky when it is, so Adela probably think they won the Spanish state lottery. So it's, I don't care if it's uh, potatoes, potatoes, or... And this is a bit we struggled. Hungarian luncheon vouchers. So Hungarian luncheon vouchers. I don't even remember that. I remember him... Um, sort of screaming at the top of his voice as they're both like, you know, screeching. I just, I would not have got that. I can picture it though, just wouldn't have, just would not have got that. If we had another hour on the podcast, wouldn't have got that. Uh, 18, question 18 from Daniel Stillman. Name three cocktails that Dale orders. So I believe we got those right amongst the many there are. So we said Bailey's and Cherry Aid, Cuba Libra, Blackcurrant and Pernod. Question 19 from Max. Name three of the Nags head barmaids. Joycey, Neris and Julie. Oh, Juki's making the noise. Come in here, mate. Got to let the dog in. God, Juki. <clears throat> and final question. Question 20. There are three episodes where you uh, do not see Nelson Mandela House. My God, that we uh, we struggled with that. Well, we had Longest Night. That was correct. Cash and Curry. Correct. Bailey came up with both those answers. And one, the final one, uh, who's a pretty boy? Is that Nags Head and then Denzel's flat, then um, back in the Nags Head again. So fantastic. And that's the first episode we uh, introduced uh, Mike as well as Denzel. So thank you very much for all your questions. Uh, those are the answers. This is Gold Rush. Well, another podcast over. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that, especially with the quiz at the end there. Great yeah. idea to introduce that one. Uh, yeah, it's been a good dynamic, early. I think, hasn't it? And thanks again for everyone who submitted questions. Mm. They, yeah. were, they were very good questions. James is uh, he's still missed, but I think we coped well enough considering, you know. Yes, and if there's um, any of your listeners out there who want to call in and take part in a personal quiz or just have a chat about your love for only fools and horses, please feel free to get in touch. You can... Tweet us or send us a message on Facebook or email us at the at gmail.com. 
can also follow us on social media. Uh, our handle for Twitter is uh, OFA underscore podcasts. And if you just type in the Jolly Boys podcast into Facebook, you'll be able to find us and give our page a like there. And we're also on Instagram, if you're not already aware. The infamous our Instagram. Is only underscore fools underscore mm underscore horses. <laughs> it's really catchy. It's easy to type in. Just so people are aware what mm means, can you please clarify it? Uh, N for nervous nervous. Yeah. Well, there you go. At the time when you created that handle, was there no yeah. and or was it? There just... was one with only fools and horses. Yeah. Um, it's not been active for about six years or whatever. Yeah. Or, I don't know, even longer. Um, mm. But obviously you just can't, can't use it. Can't whack it. You can't whack the who. Excellent. Well, thanks everybody for, for listening. And we will be back soon. I mean, it can be a good couple of months, but I think those who are regular listeners will know that we are very much part-time, but we appreciate your patience in between the... Uh, I suspect it'll be nicer weather by the time we next record. Well, bonjour for now then, boys. Bonjour. Yo! Yo! <laughs>